hold on to your hats. The countdown to the biggest wellness event of the year is on. Join our side August 15 and 16 in Melbourne for not one, but two days of Powerhouse Wellness, featuring 11 of Australia's most inspiring, entertaining, educating, fermentating speakers. Damo, what is fermentating? MP, I'll tell you at the summit. Your favourite wellness couch speakers are joined by special guest Nat Kringudis on all things hormones and female health. Join the Up For A Chat girls, the wellness guys, the natural nutritionist Steph Lowe, Kale Brock, Quirky Cookings, Joe Witt, Marcus Pierce, and the rest of your favourite wellness couch podcasters. Regular and VIP tickets are still available, but hurry before this summit is sold out. For tickets, go to www.thewellnesssummit.com. The Wellness Summit is proudly brought to you by Well & You. Be someone that makes you happy. TheWellnessCouch.com, streaming wellness into your lives. Welcome to 100 Not Out, featuring your hosts, Dr. Damien Christoph and Marcus Pierce. Welcome to another edition of 100 Not Out, a weekly show dedicated to helping you master the art of aging well. My name is Marcus Pierce, and I am here with the fabulous co-founder of The Wellness Couch and The Wellness Guys. He is the guru of gastrointestinal tracks. Yep, that's right. Here's Dr. Dan Christoph. Hello, Damien. Hello, Marcus. Hello. <laughs> is that, right. Do you like that title? Oh, I do. You know, I, I actually got the URL Dr. Colon some years ago. <laughs> I did. I bought it. I was like, I was, I was sitting around and I was talking about stuff, and I thought, I wonder if anyone's got drcolon.com, and no one did. So, well, why don't you go? Why don't you go and actually look for drpoo.com? <laughs> Dr. Pooh. Drpoo.com. Now I can hear our, I can hear our beautiful guest uh, laughing here, and I'm going to interview our guest on 100 Night today because this is very you're, exciting, Damon. We're going to interview it. <laughs> I'm, no, I'm getting ready to uh, introduce our beautiful guest is right. what I was okay. going to say. Yes, right. But there's a lot – I want to talk about lots of little things, but you want to talk about lots of big things this morning, and yes. there's a number of yes. different topics we're going to cover off with Dorota. And uh, next time I'm in Melbourne, Damo, you and I are definitely going on a mandate to the Trap Cooking School. Um, <laughs> I'm going to train up for Master Chef. You're just going to learn how to cook, but I'm so good at cooking that I'm just going to train up <laughs> for Master Chef. Um, what about – are we going to do this before or after the Greek islands? <laughs> we might do it before so we can even show the Icareans how to do it over there. Why would we um, talk about Icaria? You know, we should be saying that this podcast is brought to you by the 2016 Longevity Tour to Icaria. Surely we should be telling people about that, Marcus. When you and I are master chefs, that's right. All right. We'll all take right. them over as well. Go to 100.com for more information about our wonderful Greek island longevity retreat. But Damo, <laughs> internationally acclaimed master chef. Oh, um, yeah. uh, <laughs> um, sorry, I'm getting absolutely lost here in all of my excitement. Walter <laughs> Trupp is an internationally acclaimed master chef. Yeah. And his gorgeous wife, nutritionist Dorota Trupp, run yeah, this yeah. sensational Trupp cooking school not far from you in Paran, yeah. in beautiful Melbourne. And they not so only help people become better versions of themselves, but they teach them so much about what it takes to be healthy in today's world. That Dorota, like you, Damo, has a really big love affair with all things gut health. Mm. And it's very exciting to say that Dorota has been good enough to join us on 100 Not Out today. Dorota, it's a very warm welcome to you. Thanks for joining us. Thanks so much for having me, uh, Marcus and Damien. Um, <laughs> um, please, thank you so much. 
Gerard, I've got to ask you. You you've got so much. Um, you've got such a great standing in the in the food world. But I don't know much about the your history. You and Walter. I mean, obviously, you've got this exotic accent. I want to know. I want to know about you first. We want to know about you. Tell us about uh, you and Walter, and and obviously uh, how you came to be in Melbourne and and what it is that you're doing. Oh, great! Cool. Originally, I'm from Poland. I left when I was about 23. Um, back then, I was studying um, environmental protection, which I finished uh, in Poland. I moved to London um, in my early 20s, and I worked as a waitress just to get some pocket money and studied English there. And that's how I met Walter. So we, we actually worked together and hooked on there in one of the Marco Pio White restaurants um, on Piccadilly Circus. Then um, shortly after that, we came to Australia. It's been about 12 years ago. Um, he's been running lots of restaurants here, and eventually we opened Cooking School, which is located in Paran, uh, actually South Yarra, just opposite the Paran market. So I've been practicing. Oh, actually, I forgot to add I'm a nutritionist. So I've, after I came here, I just didn't know what to do with myself. I had a bit of a uh, health issues and gut issues in particular, and um, I just decided to do something about it, and I started studying natural medicine. Uh, in particular, nutrition was the topic that interested me the most. I managed to solve my own health issues back then, um, and now I'm passionate about sharing my knowledge with everybody else who might be in trouble, especially uh, troubles related to digestion. Dorota, uh, you mentioned just then, and I'm going to get into some more really juicy questions later on because I do have a love affair with the gastrointestinal tract, but you mentioned some issues <laughs> just before that you had with your health. What are the issues that you had with your health that you sorted out? Because when I look at you and look at the photos and I hear you sound so incredibly healthy and you look so beautiful and healthy, what did you have going on with you? Thank you so much for that. Um, I've had I've had IBS. Um, and that has been something that that I've been there for quite a long time, possibly stemming from my childhood. Um, and I just, you know, I had no idea what to do about it back then. And I looked actually healthy. No one could believe me. I had so much, you know, pains and uh, I just didn't feel well. and I didn't have much energy. Those days, I remember I would be sleeping like 12 hours a day and still I was really, really tired. Um, so I had food intolerances and, and leaky gut, really. Um, and that has really impacted negatively on my on my health and well-being. But I still looked okay because I was young. So I'd say, you know, it, it, gut issues are funny because you might look well, but you might be really unwell. Um, it doesn't show um, necessarily in your looks. Um, yeah, so look, I've had pl- plenty of symptoms um, and it took a long time to recover because really it has taken a few years till I dig out the proper treatment that I've done on myself. So there are lots of treatments out there and I've tried um, one that I'm fan of at the moment and this one is particularly effective on um, sealing and healing the gut. Well, before we get into the GAPS program, because I think that's where you're going to be heading with that one, let's um, yeah. let's just talk about some other things. Now, there's... Um, there's so many things you're right. A lot of people are out there with irritable bowel syndrome, and they've got um, potentially they've got leaky gut. And you know we know there's a very close affinity to gluten, uh, gluten with zonulin secretion um, at a genetic level, and then you know the creation of leaky gut. And then there's all these other things that that kind of go on. We we we're all really aware of all of that sort of thing. But because of the you know the 
the taking a pill to cure all ills in Australia. Like there's this absolute fascination with the speed at which things can be done. You know, people want to get fixed overnight. Like they want to abuse their body for the oh, whole of absolutely. their life. And yeah. then they've got irritable bowel, inflammatory bowel disease, joint problems, autoimmune disease, and they're not prepared to put in some time and effort to actually get things right. What's been your experience with trying to get the gastrointestinal system back into health again? How long does it take? Well, depends on the case, but um, you can see the results approximately in approximately 90 days. So um, I think if you make a decision and you are committed, then you certainly are on a way to get better, but you will need to commit at least an hour of your time a day um, and, um, you know, educate yourself and, and be prepared to make changes in your lifestyle as well as the diet. Um, yeah, the, unfortunately, with gut issues, there, there isn't a quick solution. Um, although some people drop the symptoms quite early on if they apply the treatment right. So it can be really rewarding for someone who, you know, lack of energy and has a lot of pains and gas and, you know, and they feel like they can't eat anything. And then they go on the program and feel, oh, my goodness, you know, I'm not reacting to foods anymore and I feel so much better. So it can be very rewarding. Um, but certainly you've got to commit to time. So, Dorota, I think of, uh, I've got a, I'm really curious about this. I grew up having 10 pieces of Vegemite toast on white bread. You know, it would have been margarine, not butter. I'd have, um, yes. I'd have Frankfurt's for dinner with tomato sauce. The vegetables I ate were white potatoes. Um, when you were growing up in Poland, did you have a gluten-infested lifestyle or did you grow up on a relatively healthy diet? This is what I, I would love to know about Europeans. Well, how did you, how did you yeah. grow up? Oh, lots of potatoes, that's for sure. I'm from yeah. Poland, so we love our potatoes um, and sausages, uh, of course. So it's it's very kind of cooked diet. There's not many raw foods in there. Um, and yes, absolutely, definitely had a gluten in my diet. Um but you see, back in back in um, in Poland, I think what they just they just go differently about processing their foods. Um, let's not forget, Poland is pretty behind Western countries, and um, which is a good thing when it comes to foods. Especially at the time yeah. when I was growing up, there weren't many processed foods. I remember supermarkets came to my city somewhere around when I was teenager. So I must have been around 14, 15 years old when we started getting processed foods in our... And you know what? Those foods were very expensive. So we couldn't even afford them. So I've had a pretty wholesome diet. Um, my mother was a stay-at-home mother and she cooked every day breakfast, lunch and dinner. So I've had a quite of a healthy diet, but ne- never mind. I did have a leaky gut. So even though I had a um, healthy diet, I was still affected by some of the foods I've been eating. Now... You did mention 90 days. It's likely to be a couple of years to get things fixed, which is really important. Now, um, yes. And there's a lot of confusion around out there. I've got people that are buying bottles of kombucha that they've bought from a shop and they can be laden with sugar and um, you don't actually know yes. the cultures that are going to be in there. You don't know whether or not the SCOBY that they've used um, is a healthy SCOBY. You're just trusting that uh, what the manufacturer has done with that particular um, bottle of kombucha that they're selling at a retail level um, is good. Is, uh, is, is there a difference between the sort of uh, fermented foods that you could make at home compared to the sort of foods um, that you might buy in a retail environment? What, is there a big difference or are they much the same? You see, um, 
when I started doing my fermented workshops, which was about four years ago, there weren't many fermented foods out there. And back then, I remember everything that was actually available was pasteurized. So uh, if pasteurized, that means the bacteria was killed. Um, <laughs> those days, you can get unpasteurized um, fermented foods in health food stores, which is, a, you know, it's a good news. I'd say they're more expensive and certainly loaded with sugar, so they're not... They, Depends what kind of a product it is. So all the fermented drinks like kombucha, we need to add sugar in order to uh, feed the bacteria. Um, if you do it at home, then you leave it long enough so the sugar is all eaten up and you have a sugar-free drink. Unfortunately, when you buy kombucha, you can feel that there's still sugar left. So you definitely ingest some of the sugars, which is, you know, you don't want to do that. Um, so if you prepare it at home... You just have a better product to me. The same with um, kefir as well as fermented foods such as uh, kimchi and sauerkraut. When you prepare it at home, it's, first of all, it's cheaper. It's a lot of fun to do it, right? And, and you, I guess it's as well that you have the liquid. So when you buy, think about uh, sauerkraut, when you buy it in a health food store, they take the liquid away because uh, of, the, of the weight of the product. Um, and the liquid is really the one that you want to have, especially when you go onto treatment. On the first few uh, couple of weeks, you, you need to have this juice um, rather than the veggies. You can't have the veggies right from the beginning. So I highly recommend that you prepare your own vegetables and um, drinks. It's not expensive. It takes not long time. And you can buy the culture on the Internet. It comes to your house. You can look up the recipe on online, and it's really, really easy. I got my uh, my PA. She's doing kombucha now, and she's loving this. And people have this love affair with fermented foods. They make photos, post it on social media, and uh, you know they really care about it. There's it, something special about fermented foods. So can I ask? But I definitely buy. Yeah, you definitely. Uh, yeah, sorry, you just sorry, did you just say you definitely, it, definitely prepare, prepare it? Yeah, definitely prepare definitely it. Yeah. Prepare it myself. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, so, the culture and prepare it myself at home. <laughs> so I'm just. This is I, I'm in in our family. Um, I think like many Australian families, uh, in the last couple of years, we've introduced fermented foods just because you know, I mean for the novelty factor more than anything I've put a bit of sauerkraut um, with my breakfast um, we don't really do kombucha that much um, Sarah's been doing water kefir for some time but you know she does all of this at home um, but it's something that just I suppose something it's not a big staple in our diet do you think that you know fermented yes. foods is something that has to be an everyday type of food, and not 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 for healing. Just I suppose more for everyday. Just let's call it everyday people listening to this podcast that they don't need to do a gap, so they don't need to do something yes. um, uh, for healing. They just do it just because it you know yes. it's healthy, it tastes nice, they like it. For that type yes. of um, individual or family, what kind of yes. I suppose rotation or um, consumption do you guys recommend? Okay, um, I would recommend fermented foods to everybody. And this is because when you look historically, we've had fermented foods in all cultures. This is the, the oldest way to preserve your food. And we've had plenty of uh, fermented foods in our diet. It is really since we've invented fridge that uh, the need for fermentation has, has subsided. Um, studies mm. show that if you have five fermented foods a day, your immune system functions are superior as well as your uh, digestion is so much better. So... You know what? And that is compared with someone who would have five fermented foods a day to comparing to three or zero food, zero fermented foods a day. 
it has it makes enormous impact on your health when you add that life culture into your digestive tract. So definitely say everybody will benefit from it. And you don't have to eat a lot of it. It's really about having a spoonful of sauerkraut between the meal. You might have um, a bit of a fermented drink in your afternoon. It, you can add um, vinegar into your salad. So it's really easy. You can have a bit of a yogurt. So it's not, you know, it, it's not a meal. It's, a, it's an addition to your meal. And it makes enormous difference to your health. Okay, so this is what I want to know, right? So Damo uh, has a wonderful cereal range. Okay, he's got he's got forage cereal, and then there's paleo, and then there's uh, bircher. And at the moment, I seem to see a lot of fermented vegetables, but I'm beginning to see very slowly that there's fermented fruits. Uh, they're talking about, I think, papaya and mango. You're beginning to see. A lot of people would associate ferment, fermented products with, uh, except for, say, a kombucha or a kefir, they would associate fermented products with savoury foods. But can it be something when you're having sweet foods that we can have fermented foods as well? Like if we're having a, a, a birch, a muesli, or a, a you know paleo or whatever it is, nuts and seeds and whatever, are there sweet fermented foods that we can look at adding into our diet? I haven't came across, to be honest, so that it's something very new that I I didn't even hear about. Um, so, so, look, certainly, I'd say yes, you can add it to your diet, but I haven't I haven't tested any. So, point me out where I can find it. <laughs> no, I definitely have seen either. Uh, he, I think he, he lives in Byron Bay, so they do all kinds of funny things up there. Oh, yeah. fantastic! <laughs> all funny things. No, I've got a feeling that oh, there was Lord maybe Trump's Pete Evans. Yeah. 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 Um doing yeah, fermented um fermented uh papaya or mango, yeah. one of those types. Yeah, but my view is if if we were fermenting if we were uh you know well I think it might have been anyway. I could be yeah, but the whole sugar content, I imagine, would reduce in the fermentation process. Oh, it's just yeah. a guess, I'm only guessing. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'd say so, yes. Yeah, so um so but it just seems to me odd. But not uh, just odd that all the fermentation is around vegetables and not fruits. But again, I'm not a nutritionist, so I've no idea. But I would imagine that uh, fermented fruits, uh, particularly in this low sugar, I quit sugar, crazy extreme world that people are living in, that fermented fruits are surely going to become a buzz. Oh yes, absolutely. <laughs> just my Which two is bobs. A good thing. Well, yeah, it's a good two bob. Let me just tell you that. You know, I mean, my my question around fermented foods, and I uh, we have um, some sauerkraut here in our house. Um, we made our own, um, which which you know tasted disgusting at the start, but I've grown to enjoy it. Um, I don't like having mushrooms fermenting on my uh, on my shelf next to my fireplace, so I don't actually have my own kombucha scoby, which is a disgusting oh. word in my place in my house. But I. Um, I do love the idea of it. My thing is that when you're fermenting foods and, you know, in understanding the gastrointestinal system, if in your environment, if in your house, you've, um, you've got, you know, the, maybe an unhealthful house, maybe you've got some bad bacteria in your house and in your environment, is it talking like mouldy houses and dirty yeah, houses? Yeah, mouldy houses, yeah. dirty houses, could be some, you know, um, airborne, you know, parasites yes. or, or whatever's around you've got cats you know running over your your stuff whatever you've got all these sorts of things different bugs and i love bacteria and i love bugs i think they're so essential to life 
is it does anybody has anybody ever done any testing or is there any knowledge around whether or not in your scoby um, or in your um, in, in your in your kombucha or your kimchi are you growing those bugs in that environment as well could we be no. infecting ourselves no. with different bugs i don't actually i don't think so um i remember i remember this piece of knowledge um fermented uh, about fermented meats i think there was salami there was a study done on salami they've um salami love a bit, love a bit traditionally salami. made salami is is fermented right? right so they have um they have had uh, two different salamis and one of them was infected with um food poisoning bacteria such as salmonella and i think a couple of others and they so they've injected that into that fermented salami and left it for some time and i don't know maybe a month or two and after after the time they've opened it up and they've tested what happened you know like they, they want to see what happened to this bacteria and guess what happened to the bacteria the, the food poisoning bacteria. It died. What happened to that? Yes, it wasn't there anymore. Uh-huh. So the ferment it wasn't there anymore. So the, the, the fermentation process preserves the food, and even if there's something that drops into into that food, it will be killed by the probiotic bacteria that develops that is there, the beneficial bacteria that is in fermented foods. So it's a, it's a self-preserving method, and you won't poison yourself. There are, of course, molds that can grow on your fermented foods, such as um, colorful molds that are poisonous. So if that happens to you, sauerkraut, if you find red or black mold on it, then I'll throw it out. This is not good for you. Mm-hmm. But um, as far as I'm aware, and all the training that I've done around fermented foods with some of the leading world experts in the field, they say, no, you cannot really poison yourself with fermented foods. Even if there is uh, some contamination, the bacteria that lives in fermented foods has a capacity to kill it off. That's pretty good. So good always wins over evil. That's what we're saying. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. yes. Oh, how fascinating, isn't it? <laughs> it is, isn't that yeah. why people are talking about even if you get a conventional uh, or commercially grown cabbage versus an organic cabbage, you can still ferment a commercially grown cabbage and it will still have yes. uh, health benefits because of what you just said. The good will win yes. over evil. Good nice yes. work. Yes, and p- yeah. p- as well as um, some of the pesticides can be, um, um, apparently some of the pesticides um, disappear um, through the, in the process of fermentation. So uh, there is a benefit to <laughs> you can even use um, conventionally grown cabbage to um, to ferment your veggies to do it. So I would say for people that want to learn more about the fermentation process, particularly if they're in Melbourne, go to uh, Walter and Dorota's Trap Cooking School. You can go to trapcookingschool.com to learn more about what these guys do. And Dorota, I've got to ask you before we finish off: if Damo and I actually wanted to enter Master Chef. You do you seriously do Master Chef training classes? Well, what we do, we have um, very sophisticated cooking classes. We've developed this course that goes over sixteen session, and then after that, there's another one which is brand new. And um, we teach people basic skills as well as very advanced skills in cooking as well as nutrition, but mainly in cooking. So. I'd say there isn't anything like that available in Melbourne at the moment. Um, Walter is highly trained and very dedicated, and he's really good teacher on the top of it. So he patient, right? He's very patient with people. He wow. will take someone from zero 
to a high level of cooking. And uh, we've had many students that have applied for MasterChef and they actually got in wow. and, and went quite far in competition. So someone like Alice Zaslavsky, I don't know if you've heard of her, she's trained with Walter for quite a long time. They, uh, he also is available to, be, to, to take you on one-on-one. Um, so look, people have done it. It just came in process it, and we certainly pay attention to it because... Uh, obviously, uh, we didn't realize, but Walter had some very unique knowledge that that, um, that people want. Uh, he's a really good teacher, and he's got enormous knowledge. He's been he's been doing it for most of his life. He's he comes from a family. He ran a restaurant from really being a child, um, and he's had his own restaurant in Austria. I think he, he got it from his parents when he was about twenty, um, and that became one of the best restaurants in Austria back at the time. He was about twenty-four when he got, um, I think, three three hot chefs, uh, three hats. Sorry, three, three hats. Three chefs, right? Wow, that's incredible. Yeah. We're, so uh, we're coming to your house. We're coming hope, to your house for dinner, Dorota. There's hope for you, Marcus. <laughs> there's hope for you, Marcus. At a time, at a time. You might learn how to boil go. water, yeah. and you'll do it really well. That'll be good for you, Marcus. Damo, Damo, you and I will have a cook-off at the Trap Cooking School, and I will, I will show you my. You off. I will cook you off any day, Marcus. You are on. on. I've got this. Unlike Richmond comp. beating Fremantle well, this weekend. Thank you so much for Thanks joining us for on One Hundred Not Out. It's been a joy to have you on. Remember, folks, um, we would love to hear your feedback. You can provide in any number of ways. The best is to go to the website, thewellnesscouch.com forward slash 100 not out. If you've liked this episode, please subscribe to the podcast on iTunes. Check out thewellnesscouch.com where you can view the entire range of wellness podcasts available, including the number one show, The Wellness Guys. So until next week, continue to make the rest of your life the best of your life. This has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives. Whilst The Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of The Wellness Couch podcasts.